When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 767. We're the Fight Disciples. This is your boxing preview show. We're going to sprinkle in a little review. You know how you know how we do this, seeing as that this is the greatest week of fight sports ever on earth. Uh, before we get stuck into any of that, please. Head to our website, fightdisciples.com. You can subscribe to us there. Loads of audio feeds to get stuck into. Spotify, Google Play, you name it. We're across the lots. Loads of people, of course, already subscribe to us audio-wise. And if you are one of those and could, you know, are in a good mood and would like to help us out, nip across to our YouTube channel and subscribe to us there as well because we're trying to grow uh, the visual offering that we bring here on Fight Disciples. If you want to watch the show, you're more than welcome to do so on our YouTube channel, Fight Disciples. Go and get stuck in where you'll be able to see my good friend here in his back garden, blazing sunshine. It was he was absolutely scorching the other day in Liverpool as he was making his little video in the back garden where he was giving you the immediate reaction to Noye and Nuez masterclass <laughs> against Stephen Fulton. Jeez, mate, it was like watching porn that, weren't it? Beautiful. You could see how excited I was because I went from what a great win in the Super Bantamweight division in to let's get him in the boots, Ennis. Let's get him into boots, Ennis at Welter. Well, I've got a little bit carried away. Apologies for everybody that's watched the video. There's been a few. I did get a little bit carried away there. But, of course, I was just trying to paint the picture of how far can he go, you know, and that comparison to Manny Pacquiao is just so easy to make because Pacquiao himself started out in the flyweight division just like a new way, and Pacquiao went all the way to welterweight, and he's half an inch taller than the new age, but, the same reach. but he's a lot older. Pacquiao was in his uh, mid-early 20s, weren't he, when he, he was at this particular weight division? Yeah, well, yes. Pacquiao got to, uh, got to welterweight just on his 30th birthday. And that's where and he, he is now. Almost t- yes, but he fought until he was 39 at welterweight. Inouye's just got to get there for one. He's just got to get there for one fight. That's why I was like, look could it you. happen? It could look happen. at you. Look at you. You've just seen him put on an absolute masterclass at 122, right? One, two, two. And now you're selling him that he could compete the lads on at 147. <laughs> Jeez. One thing, one, thing, one thing that I have seen and a little bit of back and forth on where people are starting to, you know, Look at those guys that are in higher weight divisions and what a realistic fight. And someone flagged up Tank Davis the other day, right? And then loads of people poo-pooed it, say Tank's a, a, a lightweight, that's 30, that's ridiculous. Actually, when you think about it properly, it's not no. height-wise very, very similar. Tank's yeah. being lazy, if we're dead honest. I say being yeah. lazy, that's, that's, that's unfair. Is it lightweight? Because that's where the fights are. That's where the Correct. big fights are. That's why he's gone there, all right? So he could come from 130. So now we're talking about a discrepancy of eight pounds, aren't we? And the new is going to do 126. And then now you're talking about a discrepancy of four pounds. So, you know, it's not too it's not too far away to dream of a tank versus no year new fight. 
Well, Tank, just having a quick look now, Tank has got exactly the same height as Manny Pacquiao, five foot five and a half. Inoue is five foot five. There's only that half half an inch difference. So size-wise, obviously what you're looking the, the big issue is the frame. Because Tank, rather like Pacquiao, Tank has got a big frame on him. But when you go look at, back at Pacquiao when he was around the bantamweight featherweight divisions, he didn't have a big frame. He added that frame later on. Only thing you would say is, just to be realistic, Pacquiao grew in from grew from a, a, a fly bantamweight to welterweight in his 20s. Do you know what I mean? His body yeah. filled out in his 20s. Inoue, you can't imagine Inoue is going to put from He's the age of 30. He ain't going to get any bigger. bigger. He ain't going to get any bigger. But you're right. There's only half an inch between him and Tank. And Tank is physically big. Now, culturally, I can't see Inoue necessarily putting muscle on. But if he continues at this pace, if he continues to wipe the floor with everyone, and like you know, I meant it when I said, "Fuck super bantamweight!" Now you've done it. You just beat the number one guy. Does he need to unify? Like, what's the, where's the greater credence here? Is it unification of super bantamweight, or is it winning a world title up a featherweight? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What the... What is the greater achievement? Well, obviously featherweight, but there is it's. I understand the appeal to become a two-time undisputed champion, you know, and it's only one fight, isn't it? You know, the, the other the, the other belts are with one fighter. It's one fight that you could do. You could probably do it before the end of this year and to become the undisputed super bantam, and then, then get Joe into... Cordina in Cardiff. <laughs> Look at you! Look at you! I'm thirsty for it, man. Right, you've watched this fella put on an absolute. Don't get me wrong; it was a masterclass, man. I was watching exactly. it open mouth, thinking, "Jesus Christ, he's proper mugging off Stephen Fulton." Stephen Fulton's legit, absolutely yeah. brilliant, brilliant fighter, and he couldn't get near him. Shut him out and took him out. It was phenomenal what he did, and I look at it and go, "Yeah, absolutely." Gonna be undisputed, and absolutely, let's have a look at 126. But you're like, nah, mate, nah, 140. Let's have a go now. Let's go for it. <laughs> let's fucking move them through those channels. That's an interesting conversation about unification or next weight class. Do you know what I mean? I was thinking about this today. Obviously, we're going to get stuck into El Spence Tens Crawford shortly, and mm. and and what. You know what the top of the tree pound for pound list looks like. Is it more impressive that Inoue is a four weight world champion, or that Terence Crawford is on the verge of becoming a three weight, but two of those weights were undisputed, unified? I think. I mean, it's it's a really difficult thing to obviously compare because in those lower weight divisions, you've only got some weight divisions have got two pounds between them. Some weight divisions have got four pounds between them. So it's relatively easy. I'm not saying it is easy, but relatively easy to move between those weights. And that's where Inoue is at. Obviously Spence has gone uh, through 135, 140, and now 140. Yeah, and now 147. So there is a little bit of a bigger jump. You've got to look at his super lightweight run and think, right, how many big ones were there there? And he's in Dongo classes a big one, with all due respect. You know, there's a, there's a couple of good ones in there, but are the big ones. This is the biggest, without any shadow of a doubt, at welterweight. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, you've got to respect anybody that becomes undisputed in two weight divisions, especially in this era, which is full of politics and people don't actually want to have a knock with each other, and especially in male weight categories. So I do put credence on it, but you can't take away from four weight, 
I mean, imagine if Inoue was four weight and double undisputed and then moving up to a fifth weight. Mate, he's absolutely right. What you said in your video was absolutely bang on. Right now, he sits top of the trees, the pound for pound, number one fighter in the world because he ticks so many of the boxes that would fall into this conversation. Crawford absolutely causes a headache Sunday morning if he wins because then you can start to argue, well, hang on a minute. He's just taken out a dude that was in the top 10, top five, mm-hmm. pound yeah. for pound. If he wins, I mean, it's a big if. He's done but he's done two undisputed. He's three weight. He's done it in tougher weights. You could class it as tougher weights. So it's a conversation Sunday morning. We're not there yet, but right now as we sit here recording this, in he is absolutely the guy. Of course he is. You know, and, and I feel for Daniel Dubois because he... He had the opportunity before it got cancelled. I know it was never really on, but he could have just been coming off the back of a Tyson Fury win. I'll be going, Floyd, that's it. End of story. He's the guy. Daniel Dubois? Do you mean Alexander so, Usyk? Fury. No. Usyk <laughs> has just come off. Usyk was supposed to fight Fury a few weeks ago, wasn't he? If everything went to plan, if that Wembley fight went ahead, we would have already had Usyk Fury won at least. But obviously yeah. that ain't happening because Fury doesn't want it to happen because he wants a circus. So we're getting Usyk versus Dubois. So whatever happens on Saturday, yes, there's a real conversation that could change the top slot. Dubois ain't about to change, ain't about to make any inroads. Uh, Foxy, Usyk isn't about to make any inroads anytime. I'm going to say Dubois nowhere near the top. <laughs> Dubois not in the conversation at all. What the fuck? He's got what? He's got beating Trevor Bryan in the bloody leisure centre in Miami. He's number one. Are you being serious? Daniel Dubois has got absolutely nothing to do with this whatsoever. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is Usyk and his claim, because I think it's out of those three, and I think Usyk has missed out on the Fury fight, which would have galvanized his claim. Yeah. And the next fight he's staring down the battle of does absolutely nothing whatsoever for his legacy. In fact, yeah. if he labors to a points decision, it tarnishes his legacy, let's be honest. Yeah, I agree. In new way, this week was the golden week. A new way Fulton was supposed to be 50 50. It's supposed to be the technician against the puncher. And what it turned out is the puncher was a better technician than the fucking technician. He was mm. better in every department. He absolutely schooled Stephen Fulton with a mesmerizing display on Tuesday morning. That's why and I, people sometimes get wound up about the pound for pound. Oh, wait, wait a minute. You can't, you, know, you can't move in because he hasn't even had a fight yet. Exactly. The pound for pound that's list is point. fluid, baby. Yeah. That's the whole yeah. point of it. What have you done for me lately? That's why these Charlo boys shouldn't be on the list, man. If you're not fighting, I don't care if you sat there undisputed. If you're not fighting, jog on. You're not in the list. People are moving. People are doing and and trying to create greatness. It's a fluid list. Greatest of all time is a different conversation. But that is a fluid list. Pound for pound, the best boxer today. That's what that list is. Pound for pound, who's the very best walking the earth? Pound for pound, all weight divisions today. Right now, it's impossible to argue it's not knowing a new way after that level of performance. However, as we've been saying all week, this weekend, yeah, the winner, and, I, and you know what, I'll include Errol Spence, even though the body of work from Errol Spence, he's, he's only ever been a welterweight his entire career. He, more than anybody, has had to make us wait an awful long time for the Tenants Crawford fight. But still, if you beat the man, and you do it in style. If you do it in new A style, yeah. it's impossible to then go, well, wait a minute, Errol Spence, but he's only a one-weight world champion. Nah, man. If you beat Terence Crawford in the way in new A's just beat Stephen Fulton, you're the fucking guy, man. Because right now, for me, it's Usyk 
in it's a new way, Usyk and Crawford, and they're yeah. very level pegging. A new way, he's just put his head above them with his last performance. Crawford gets the chance to do the same, but if Crawford gets beaten style, he falls down. <clears throat> Errol Spence absolutely replaces him. This is one of those cases where if you beat the man, you become the fucking man. That's what Errol Spence has got this opportunity. It's good, to get, mate. How good's the conversations have though? We sit here morning all the time, don't we, about various bits. But when it's like this, it's so good, so exciting. And when you sit there on a Tuesday morning and this little fella in Japan is putting on just a mesmerising performance where he's just like, mate, he's pulling his pants down, like proper pulling his pants down. Everything he was doing, shot selection, range control, little, just the nastiness about him as well. You're like, mate, you're just something outrageous. Outrageous. And that is why, that is why the Neuer New Way glove signed is in the background today, kids. Just letting y'all know. Nice. The Monsters glove. That's the Monsters glove. Anyway. Yeah, um, uh, Jane, j- j- just to finish off on a new way, Jane um, popped her head in because she was she actually ended up working from home on Tuesday. And she, so she popped her head into the house because she could hear me sque- screaming and hollering at the TV. And she was like, what are you shouting at? And, and she was like, haven't you seen this? Because she thought I was watching replays, as I usually am. Okay. She went, Haven't you seen this before? And I was like, no, no, this is live now from Japan. And she was like, all right, okay. And I went, right, context. This is a new way. This is Fulton. This was supposed to be the fight. That little dude standing on his head. He looks fucking amazing. And then she went, oh, I'll have my sandwich and watch it with you. So she sat there for 10 minutes. A new way finished him. And she was like, he's my new favorite. And I was like, is, is you know, you've only watched like, three rounds. <laughs> I know. She went, he's my new favorite. And I was like, why? And she went, he looks like he's out of BTS. He's dead cute, but he's a brilliant fighter. And I was like, you know what? You've hit the nail on the head there, kid. Yeah. He does look like a, a little, you know, Asian teeny bopper. But yeah. I tell you what, mate, he would chin the living daylights out of 95% of the people walking this earth. Yeah. A very dangerous young man with yeah. everything. Everything like when you talk about Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Robinson, Floyd Mayweather, like the, you know, the, the greats I refer to the modern greats, especially not heavyweights, that's a different sport. When you look at the other sports, you look at style, precision, movement, footwork, hand speed, fight IQ. There's not a single department where Noya Nue falls down, not a single department. He's fucking sensational. Sensational. He could be the best boxer of this generation. Over to you, Errol Spence and Terence Crawford, to yeah. bring yourselves back into the conversation, man. Listen, it's it's hard to talk about anything else this weekend. I'm gonna I'm gonna flirt slightly with a couple of other fights just to get them out of the way because everybody wants to talk about the big one, right? So on Friday night, uh, the Palms in Las Vegas. It's going to be on Sky Sports for British fight fans if you want to check it out. Uh, Sinessa Estrada is taking on Leonella. Uh, Udica, no point in us previewing it. It's a one-sided fight because Sinisa Estrada is far too good for everybody in these lower weight categories. That's no disrespect to the girls. It just is. The talent pool isn't there. WBA, WBC titles on the line. There are Estradas. She'll do Estrada things. Check it out. It's a little bit of Friday night boxing. Saturday night, it's Telford is your uh, destination for your first fight of the night. Liam Davis versus Jason Cunningham. I don't want to do this any disrespect because it is, of course, British and European uh, super bantamweight title. You never see a shit one. Let's be honest, you never see a shit one. It is set to be a good 
a good main event. I look down the card, I roll my eyes. I'm not even going to get stuck into that. I'm just going to purely talk about Liam Davis and Jason Cunningham. Neither yeah. lad really can crack if, if no. we're dead honest. So I'm anticipating that this might go a little bit. Jason Cunningham put in a wonderful performance against Gamal Yafai, if you remember, uh, where he won the European title. He was absolutely sensational. Liam Davis has not really put a foot wrong. He's undefeated through 13 fights. He's uh, he's had two very, very good recent wins against yeah. uh, Ian at Baluta and Mark Leach. They were really good performances. Um, and it's all set to be an absolutely good fight. I am favouring Liam Davis. I'll be, I'll be dead honest, given the fact that I was there when Jason Cunningham got starched by Zelani Tete. We know that Tete tested positive in the uh, aftermath that of that, which was uh, absolutely ridiculous. But there are a couple... Zelani did show a couple of routes to victory in that particular fight, of which I think Liam Davis can take advantage of. And I think it'll go the distance. I think it'll be tough. I think Cunningham will have his successes, but I'm just favouring Liam Davis to come through <laughs> it, mate. I think it's a great main event. I really do. I think Davis is just a bit fresher. That's mm. all. I think Jason Cunningham, he's a nice kid and he's had a he's had an incredible career. You know, what's this? His 40th professional fight with Davis yeah. is going into his 14th fight. Something like that. And, he, and he's only lost to, you know, necessarily the best of British. You know, he's only lost to, you know, the Jordan Gills. I think he got chinned by Bellotti back when Bellotti was on the rise. You know, that loss to Zolani Tete. Zolani Tete has been capable of doing that his entire career. Tete's been a fucking bogeyman for British boxing. He pops up, he chins people. He's been doing it for over a decade. So that can happen to anybody. But my fear is that Cunningham might just be a little bit long in the tooth. The flip side of that is, Liam Davis, you say, oh, his last two performances, great. That's because the previous 11 performances were utter garbage. By yeah. that, I mean Latvian bin man versus yeah. hot prospect Liam Davis. And if it was that was still the case, I would be Jason Cunningham all fucking day. But that um, Baluta victory is, is aging like a fine wine. That performance last time out by Liam Davis, that's a proper win. And as you say, his last two wins... Both the Mark, Leach one. Mark Leach went in there yeah. as a favourite for me, mate. I thought so he was, was brilliant. You're absolutely right. Mark Leach was a favourite. And, you know, I thought that night, you know, it was a great fight, but absolutely, he got a great win there. But that that Baluta one where he won the European title, mm -hmm. you know, that was even more impressive for me than Mark Leach because the Leach fight was close. And it was like, yeah. you step up, can you do it? He proved against Baluta that he can do it. And he's a deserved European champion. It's a real test. It's a great fight. As you say, the undercard is utter tripe, but the, the main event, Davis Cunningham, will be a cracking fight. Yeah. Done. Right. <laughs> Let's get back to Vegas. <laughs> Let's get back to the real shit, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the one that you've been waiting for, for God knows how long. Back and forth conversations. And I'm going to finish our conversation on a little bit of a plea to fight fans at the end, right? But let's get into the fight first and foremost because I've loved it already, mate. I've only watched the day of the grand arrivals. They proper go for it, don't they, in America when it's Vegas? The grand arrivals. Look at them, just what... Mate, they've been, they've been in Vegas for three weeks. It's not a grand yeah, arrival. Exactly. They've been there three exactly. weeks training away. But then all exactly. of a sudden, they're having this grand arrival red carpet bollocks. Anyway, sound, pomp and ceremony of the shit out of this. I couldn't care less. Do it. It's here. Celebrate it. Give the fans exactly what they want. Both guys obviously rocked up. Um, I'll be honest, Errol looks a little bit more relaxed. Terence looked like Terence. Terence looked like he turned up for business, man. He's got the hoodie on, hood up. He's he's not here for niceties. He's not here to have a chat with anybody. He's here to take somebody's head off. That's what he's here for. Um, 
And I saw a few people on social media saying, oh, Errol looks really relaxed and Terence looks nervous. No, Terence still looks... When have you ever seen Terence Crawford? Nervous, man. Yeah, He's exactly. turned up, meaning, I don't want to talk to no bugger this week, mate. Ring the bell. You That's what Terence Crawford's ready to do. He's ready to go and take someone's head off. Yeah, so exactly. don't give me this nervous bollocks. Need the men of bollocks, uh, nervous. They're absolutely zoned in to what this could do for their legacies at the weekend. And I genuinely believe they're going to bring us something for a period of time in this fight that is absolutely special. Ooh, period of time, eh? That's yes, just because like I think someone's going to run away with it. I think one Eventually. guy takes over the second half of the fight, yes. But the first six rounds, I think it'll be back, forth, you have a go, I have a go. I think it'll be yes. When you look at this, you know, it's being sold as a 50-50. And I know we kind of sold Fulton versus Inoue as a 50-50, but there was always a clear advantage there because Fulton's not a puncher and Inoue is a puncher. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, if, if you can match the boxing of the boxer and deliver the knockout punch and you can't keep the, the puncher off because you haven't got enough power, there's always going to be a big advantage towards Inoue, especially on home turf as well. This is a 50-50 because... They are both incredibly intelligent boxers. They have both got bags of power. So you've got Errol Spence, who's 33 years of age, 28 fights, 28 three knockouts, hasn't put a foot wrong, has picked up a bunch of belts in this welterweight division. We'll come on to this last couple of years, but he's had big wins in there as well. You could argue he's had a couple more back-to-back marquee names than what you find on Terence Crawford's record. Those are probably more Americanized and well-known names rather than where Crawford's picked up multitude of belts. But you're talking about a very good technician, a great boxer, defensively very sound, incredibly fast hands, wonderfully technical. Then on the other side, you've got the veteran in Terence Crawford, who's only five, he's only 35, he's only two years older than Errol Spence. He's a couple of inches shorter, but he's got a bigger reach advantage. So they counterbalance each other out in that regard. Obviously, Crawford's had a lot more fights. He's had 39 fights, 11 more fights, and he's had 30 knockouts. So a similar knockout percentage rate as well. However, Terence Crawford is a complete... They're both southpaws, but Terence Crawford is a total switch hitter, completely yeah. natural in southpaw as he is in orthodox, and likes to use that to keep his opponents guessing, to keep offsetting them, and keep them moving. This is nothing new to Edel Spence. He's fully aware of what's coming at him. In terms of the, the 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 fighting style, I would say defensively Terence Crawford is excellent. I would also say Errol Spence defensively is excellent. I would say Terence Crawford likes Spence likes to go forward, stay busy behind the job, behind his jab, break you down, and then put his foot down. Whereas Terence Crawford is a lot more explosive in the moments, and he uses that that switching stance to throw them off, and he likes to throw jab up, hooks to the body, jab up uppercuts through the middle, and that's how he causes danger. But when Terence Crawford gets you hurt, whether it's the first round or the 10th round, he's a finisher, a proper mm-hmm. predator. If you're hurt, he's going for you. Whereas Errol Spence will take his time a little bit more. Errol Spence will get you hurt, back off a little bit. He's not ready to go yet. A little bit like Klitschko used to do. Keep going, bump, might drop you. You'll back off a little bit, bum, bum, bum. A little bit more thought, a little bit more weary, a little bit more patience. Terence Crawford's a fucking savage, man. As he's proven in this welterweight division where he's knocked everybody out, including Jeff Foreman, he won the belt. Every welterweight fight he's had has been a knockout. (laughs) It's fucking magnificent, honestly. 
Oh, it's just magnificent. They are both so skilled. This is such high-level stuff. You know, Fulton, as good as Fulton was, Fulton wasn't in anyone's top 10 pound for pound. If no. he was, it was at the very bottom. He certainly wasn't in mine. And I'm not being a you know a, a, an after-timer. He wasn't in my top 10. Spencer's in my top 10. Crawford's in my top three. This is a proper fucking best of the best type fight. It is one for you then. And I know that you just mentioned about age. What do you make of inactivity? Because we haven't seen Crawford since last December against uh, David Avanesian, and he was brutal on that particular night. We haven't seen Spence since Ugas, which was April of 2022. And before that, it was another 18 months that's before Spence's last fight. He's been so inactive as a champion as Errol Spence. He's had major situations in his personal life, car crashes, all these types of things going on, which have obviously affected health. I mean, he says that the, they haven't affected him and he's still flying in the gym and I've no, no no reason to doubt him. Yeah, But we see it time and time and time again. Inactivity plays a major role in people not being as sharp as they should be when it comes to fight night. There's nothing better than every four, every five months being in that ring under the bright lights, doing your thing, regardless of opposition, just going through it, going through it and keeping that tick over i hate the phrase but it's true you know you keep that rust off the sharper you're going to be come fight night so with spencer's had two in three years spencer's had a little bit more but sorry crawford's had a little bit more but not as not as many do you make anything of it i think when you look back because that was the one thing i looked at uh, when i was thinking about this fight this morning is that in my mind, I've got Errol Spence. He was out for so long with that car accident, the DUI, when he nearly killed himself. And it was such a long rehabilitation. And then he came back and he had a win over Danny Garcia, I think it was. Then he had another fucking car crash, which mm. set him back again. And then he was supposed to fight Pacquiao, and the Pacquiao fight fell through, and he fought Ugas. Um, and I was like, yeah, Crawford's been well busier. Like, in those last few years, Crawford's been busier. And then when I looked... Since 2018, when Crawford moved to welterweight, from the start of 2018 until now, Crawford's had seven fights. Mm. Spencer's had six. So mm. there isn't that. They've both been quite inactive, to be totally honest with you. They both haven't fought regularly. You know, that's like, that's averaging a fight a year. Mm. That's that's not a lot of fights for these guys. Now, obviously, there was a pandemic issue there and other shit, and as you say, the injuries the Spence suffered and all that, but both of them have been quite inactive, so I think they kind of counter, counterbalance each other out. I think Spence has probably been in with the bigger names, but then when you look at those bigger names and the performances specifically, specifically Sean Porter, because that out of the seven fights and six fights, they share one opponent, Sean mm-hmm. Porter. Mm-hmm. Now, Sean Porter, when he fought Errol Spence, 2019, I think it was, that was a fight of the year contender. It was fucking magnificent. He went toe-to-toe. Spence won it. I think it was a split decision or a majority decision. But it was a close fight, man. It was a belt mm-hmm. of a fight. You know, it, it went one way, then the other. And then I think it was two years later, 2021, when Crawford fought Sean Porter. Now, the way to look at that is, well, Sean Porter was on his way out. Sean Porter retired in the aftermath. Was he... You know, did Errol Spence because Errol Spence might have left himself a bit a piece of himself in the ring that fight was that type of fight? Did Porter leave his last little bit of himself in that ring? Now, the fight with Sean Porter went 10 rounds with Crawford, and it was a competitive uh, 10 rounds. If you remember the yeah. first six or seven rounds, it was one way, then the even other. it was pretty even. level, yeah. Hmm. And then Crawford put his foot down, it was eight, nine, ten, 
dropped him a couple of times in 10, got the stoppage, then Porter retires. Again, it's hard to look too much at that. Obviously, you go, well, he stopped him and he didn't. But he stopped him two years after. He yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it. They took a piece out of each other. And then when Porter retires immediately, you go, well, it's like when when uh, Amir fought Kel Brook. He was a shadow of the man he was before because he already had one foot out the door. It was just one last payday for him. I'm not saying that was necessarily Sean Porter's mind, but had Crawford beaten, stopped Porter before Spence beat him on points, now we've got value in that comparison. I understand because what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? Because it was afterwards. How much stock can you put in that? The, well, the, the value that I, the value, the, the value that I put in that Crawford performance against Sean Porter is, is the moment I think it's round seven or eight in that fight, and it is close. Porter yeah. wins rounds off Terence Crawford. There's no doubt exactly. about that. So if you get into round number seven ish, you've got it four three either way. And I remember there's a viral video of this where Terence is sat on his stool. And he's not even talking to his coach. He's talking to somebody outside of the ring. And somebody outside of the ring says, Porter's up. And he literally gets off his stool and he goes, Porter's up? Nah, he can't be up. He goes, Porter's up, mate. And he gets off his stool and he just goes through the gears. He just goes, yeah. all right, okay then. And he goes through the gears. He wins every round from there on and then stops yeah. him. That's the that's the thing that I take. And you mentioned it earlier on. The dude's a finisher. The dude is constantly looking to finish the fight. Now, of course, that's dangerous against someone like Errol Spence, who is physically bigger than him and has proven in the past that he can crack and take people out. But there's just something about the demeanor of Terence Crawford that gives me the confidence to pick him in this. And I picked him from day dot. Whenever we have conversations, whenever anybody says, Spence Crawford, what do you reckon? I always go Crawford, always, just because I like his style because he can go off right foot, left foot, doesn't matter which way he can go off. Yeah, And I like his attitude within fights. I very rarely see him coast, mate. Very rarely see... Well, he doesn't. He just doesn't coast. And as you've just said, at welterweight, he has finished everybody. And that is why, when I said at the start of this little ditty, I think we're going to get six, seven, eight rounds of really competitive stuff. Like what we just said there with Crawford and Porter. That's what I think we're going to get here. I think Spence and Crawford will be, you go, I go, you go, I go. It'll be a thinking man's fight, trying to figure each other out. You, He's got that round. He's got that round. I don't know if, I think you'll be lucky to see someone put back-to-back -back rounds together in the first stages because I think it'll be like that all the way through. And then I just think Terence will take over. I think, it, I think he'll end up drowning him because of the pressure and the way that he goes through those gears in those final stages. Do you think part of the reason it's taken so long for this fight to come together, aside from the obvious, the politics, do you think Spence and the car accident especially, do you think that took something away from him? Yeah, it can't. It has to. To, him to go, well, I can't fight him now. I'm fucked. I need to it, delay it this. To... I need to push it back. I want a warm-up fight. I want a comeback fight. Obviously, the comeback fight was... Was uh, was it? It was Danny Garcia, wasn't it? Yeah, because that was over a year after he fought Sean Porter, after the accident. So he fights Danny Garcia, a stable mate, which is very familiar to a lot of PBC fighters, and that's been the frustration with Spence. Yes, he's got names on there. He's got Mikey Garcia. He's got Peterson. He's got Sean Porter. He's got Danny Garcia. But they're all PBC in-house fights. Yeah. And now, does that matter? Does that matter when you look at? No, because the like relief. They're all big yeah, boys, aren't they? They're all top guys. But there's also, when you're talking at the same stable, there's also inside information. 
Danny Garcia is in this kind of shape. So, you know, it's a name value. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get you. We'll get away you. with it. Do you know what I mean? And I just think, I think we should be up to the trilogy fight by now and not to go over old ground because we talked about this. But I think the reason we're not is more specifically, not that Errol Spence was running, as that Errol Spence hasn't been at 100%. Now, are yeah. we getting this fight because Errol Spence finally now, after that performance against Ugas, which was excellent, is it because Errol Spence is at 100% again? Is it because he's fully recovered after nearly fucking killing himself? Or is it the fact that Errol Spence is like, this is the best I'm going to get? This is yeah. physically, this is this is as close to being 100% I'm ever going to be. So we're just going to have to do it now. We'll just do it now. It makes financial sense. I've got a guaranteed rematch within 30 days. Uh, you know, I can call for it within 30 yeah, days. Yeah. I'll take it now, get a look at him. And then, you know, and. Otherwise, would we be getting the fight at all? That, that's the other conversation. It's like, well, Spencer's listen, risking so much, but then I guess Crawford's are risking so much. Yeah, of course they are. They're risk, the mate, they're risking legacy. They're risking legacy. And this is this is the thing that I wanted to say. When we, obviously we're previewing the fight, we'll get stuck into it. So I might as well say it now, soon as that you've just brought it up, right? <clears throat> Let's not get this twisted. This fight has been made by these fighters. The reason why it has been delayed for such a long period of time is because the people that eat off these people's plates. Have had their own interests, their own desires, their own narratives that they want to keep, and they've kept these guys away from each other. And I'm referring to broadcasters, promoters, advisors, all those types of things. This is high risk for absolutely everybody. Think about what has had to happen in order for this fight to materialize. Yeah, it's a bit late. We all wanted it a little early, but think about what has actually had to happen. One of these fighters has left his promoter to become a free agent in order to try and make the negotiations easier. I'm not saying they were easy, but try and make those negotiations easier. The other fighter has told his advisor, give the other guy what he wants. Out of respect, look, he's made his move. He's come away from his promoter, give him what he wants. Now, I know that maybe he wouldn't necessarily have normally given Terence Crawford the things that he's given him for this particular fight, but Spence understands the value of this fight for a legacy. And it comes down to the two individuals, the two fighters going out of the way, talking to each other on the phones, having half an hour conversations with each other, say, okay, mate, all right, sound, okay, right. A bit of back and forth and getting this fight on, speaking to their people to say, listen, put that bullshit to one side. Let's get this fight on. And that is proof, absolutely, and we say it all the time, that it always comes back to the fighter. If you yeah. want to make a fight, you can make a fight. And these two boys have put their money where their mouths are and they've gone for it. And this is a plea that I want to put out to every single fight disciple. All right? I know we're living in a tough time. I know that there's a lot of cost of living crisis right across the world. Not just here in the UK, but across the world where your gas bills are going up through the roof, your food bills are going up through the roof and all this. And we sit on this show all the time and we mourn about we're not getting the best of the best. We're not getting fed the things that we want from the world of fight sports. We mourn about pay-per-view prices and all these types of things, don't we? Please, and I know this is a tough thing to do, and it's, it might be even a righteous thing for me to say, but this is where my head's at right now. Don't stream the fight. Buy it. And the reason why I'm saying that is because these two guys have gone out of the way to make this fight when others didn't want to make the fight. And it's not going to do the numbers that Ryan and Tank did. That's just fact. They're just not going to do those numbers. No, no matter how many people tell you that they will, they won't do those numbers because they haven't got the crossover following that, that those two guys do have. So we as proper fight fans, 
have to support it. I know it's tough. I know that might be asking a lot, but we have to support it because at the end of the day, the greedy buggers that eat off their plates, that make these fights, that stand in the way of the super fights that we all want to see, they're attracted to pounds and pence. So if we can make this fight a financial and economic success, then your promoters, your television channels are going to go to themselves, all right, fight fans actually want to see the best of the best. There's actually value of putting the best of the best in front of people because they will go out there and buy it. So let's do more of that. And then hopefully we'll get rid of the shit and we will just get more and more and more of best of the best fights. Fighters are going to be inspired to put their roles on the line. They're going to be inspired to risk. And broadcasters are going to start fronting some cash to make these fights happen. And of course, we all want these fighters to be recompensed well, don't we? They're putting the they're putting their lives on the line for us for our entertainment. Okay, it doesn't affect us. We're not overly concerned by that. We're here for the entertainment. But of course, you want Errol Spence, Terence Crawford to have career high paydays for what they're hopefully going to provide us at the weekend. So please, I know it's tough. I know it is. I know I'm asking a lot. But don't stream it. Buy it. Support the fight because this is a proper fight. And it's the fighters that made the fight. Um, yeah, good point. Good point. I'll buy it. You've convinced me. There's one. There's one purchase. Um, <clears throat> the How much do you think Garcia Tank, the success of Garcia Tank, pushed this over the line? Um, it, was, it was being close, it was being negotiated, but I think that Garcia Tank doing reportedly 1.2. I don't know, there's other outlets to argue different things, but yeah, that's the figure 1.2 million. I'll, I'll go with buys. the 1.2 pay per view buys. Yeah, I don't think this thing does a million pay per view buys. I would love it to do a million pay per view buys because that would be a magnificent sign that boxing is in the right direction. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're going places, and that would be wonderful. I think it will struggle. Hopefully yeah. it does over 800,000 buys because it's that type of fight. And I think if it lives up to expectation, and my expectations are high, baby, if it lives up to expectation, then the rematch does north of a million buys. I think that's how it will catch fire. And ultimately, they might even end up having a trilogy because these guys are so well matched. But I just think that that Tank Garcia fight, as well as being massively financially rewarding for those two, was a massive moment for boxing that said this sport can succeed outside of the heavyweight division and yeah. devoid of Floyd Mayweather. Because for so long, it was, if it ain't involving Floyd and if it ain't involving Canelo, it ain't doing out. shit. Yeah. yeah, It ain't doing shit. And what Ryan Garcia and Tank did is that they proved that there is a thirst out there from boxing fans to truly see the best fight the best. And understand the sport and know Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia weren't even the best lightweights in the world, still aren't. Yeah, yeah. But they had a fight where we knew those two were coming together to try and define their legacies or add to their legacies in that moment. This is very similar. On top of this, these genuinely are the best 147ers on the planet. The, the, yeah. The, these two are head and shoulders above every other welterweight in boxing. So that's the beauty of this fight. And they're coming together now, arguably, at the peak of their powers. Yes, it should have happened two or three years ago. I don't think it's been delayed so much that it's going to feel like Mayweather Pacquiao, where you were like, no. oh, for fuck's sake, these two are on the way down the mountain. Why are we getting this now? These two are still at the peak of their powers. They're still very much in the, in that pound-for-pound pound list reckoning. And I think it, it can only deliver. 
can only deliver because the two of them are so good. So good. The good thing is, a couple of weeks ago, me and you were in Vegas and we did a show, didn't we? And we said, oh, I'm getting a bit nervous because there's no Spence Crawford paraphernalia up anywhere. The billboards aren't up and all that type of stuff. But just as we were leaving, about two two days before we were leaving, this absolutely gigantic thing went up on the uh, side of the MGM, didn't it? And you could start to see it build. That was three weeks out. We've got a few mates, obviously, that are living in Vegas, work out there, obviously, whether they be in the media or whether they be for the UFC. And I've been keeping up to date and just texting in, saying, like, what's the, what's the pump like? You know what I mean? Are they pumping it down the people's throats? Is it on the TVs? Is it? He goes, mate, you go up and down the street now, it's everywhere. It's, everywhere. it's on every billboard. It's everywhere. All the bars have got like big cut. If you can't, if you haven't got a ticket, come to our bar type thing. Great. That's fantastic. But then also, as well as that, the mainstream television are starting to talk about it. There was a t- check yesterday. There was a two page full spread, massive spread in the LA Times, one of the biggest newspapers in the entire uh, United States. And it was written by a non-sports journalist. It was written from a, a lifestyle piece of, of of something that is crossing over into the mainstream. It is starting to touch, it's starting to resonate. I, like I said, I don't believe it's going to resonate to the levels of Ryan Garcia and Tank Garcia. And that is because, sorry, Tank Davis. And that's because Ryan just had this ridiculous following of eight, 10 million people on his social media. Tank has a huge following as well that crosses over, maybe probably yeah. more into the music world, whereas Ryan's probably into the teeny, you know, bopper type world, but they came over and all joined and crossed over. I don't think these two athletes have that. They're not amazing on the microphone. They're not the the, the WWE sales guys. They're just fucking phenomenal fighters. That's what they are. And they will deliver in the ring. They might not deliver on the microphone all week. They'll give you a little bit of something, but they'll deliver when it comes to it. So that's why I just think we as a boxing community have to support stuff like this. Yeah, we get ripped off. We do, right? We, we've just done a massive thing on UFC right. overpricing tickets, haven't we? Okay, we do, uh, we do America's get America's $100 a pay-per-view. There you home. go. And I, I know it's tough. I know that is tough. Quid. But get your mates around. If you're in America, get your pals around. Get your mates around. And you, if you're in the UK, I know it's three, four in the morning for us here. But fuck it. It's a one-off, in it, man? Have a fucking do at four o'clock in the morning. Make yeah. it happen and support the fight because hopefully that then goes to these broadcasters and, and they go, fucking hell, four o'clock in the morning and we did half a million buys in the UK. Or, I mean, that's fucking massive. Let's say they do 150, 200,000, right, in the UK. Wow. That, mm-hmm. That's solid, man. And that then will inspire going forward, well... The only reason they bought that is because the fight was wicked. So we're going to have to put a, we're going to have to put some wicked fights on. Simple as. Do you think it's got potential to muscle in as as one of the greatest welterweight fights of modern times? Bear in mind this: the belt hasn't been unified since Zab Judah did it, which is what fifteen years ago, something like that. Um, yeah. Some of the greatest fights welterweight's always been a, a magnificent division. You know, obviously yeah. dating back to. Sugar Ray Robinson, who owned this welterweight division and was in some of the most thrilling matches ever recorded. And then obviously more, more lately, or i.e. the 80s, 90s, you had Sugar Ray Leonard who lit up this weight division. His fights with uh, Roberto Duran, his fight with uh, Thomas Ernst, Jesus Christ, like two of the fucking best fights. But they find his legacy. I know 
Robinson went on and, and did other things, did a lot of other things, my favourite fighter, but he defined his legacy in this welterweight division. And I just truly feel like this fight, it just feels like something special. It mm-hmm. feels like we're going to get to the end when we get to five o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning. And I just, it, it ain't going to be like a new way Fulton. I think we're no. going to get to the end and go, wow, these two fucking truly are magnificent. That guy's won it. Fine. But I'm all in on this 30 day to sign up for a rematch because I want to see it again. I want to see it again. Mate, it's the characters of the guy. Don't get me wrong, right? I'm probably more high on Crawford because I know more about his story. And I know I've looked into the dude's eyes. I've been around him. I've spent per- not personal, personal time with him, but I've been around when the camera's on. Right? Excuse me. He's a serious character, man. You look into that yeah. dude's eyes and he's like, there's no quitting him. So he, he ain't going anywhere in the fight. And you've got to say, and listen, sometimes you watch an Errol Spence fight and he doesn't like to get it to an extent. Nobody likes to get it to an extent. He takes it as a bit of an insult and therefore he reacts differently to maybe the way Crawford reacts to getting hit. But the dude survived car crashes. You know what I mean? He, he's, there's something about him, isn't there? There's, there's, there's some dog in him somewhere. Mate, he came and, to fucking Sheffield and smashed... Kell Brooks jaw yeah, but, all over yeah, the but, place. Yeah, but, yeah, but if you think He's about that fight, machine. think about that fight. Kell Brook, and here, early doors, Kell Brook was in that fight. He gave Errol Spence a fight, and it was Spence that went, not today, motherfucker. And from mm-hmm. about round six onwards, Errol Spence then put his foot down because the fight was competitive. And then it was Spence that took over and, and did uh, Kell down the back end and obviously smashed him up. So there's dog in him. You know, when it's competitive, there is dog in him. He's proved it. He showed it before. So, And that's why what you've just said absolutely resonates because, yeah, they've got all the skills in the world, but at some point they're going to be asked a question of, mm-hmm. how badly do you want it, lads? Yeah. Because the other dude is fucking going through the gears, man. You've got to bite down. Yeah. And I don't think either of them are going to take a backward step. I really don't. 67 fights, 67 wins, 52 knockouts combined. This is boxing. This is fucking boxing. And Mate, countless right. world titles. What are you going for? Countless what are you world going for? titles. What, what are you going for? Well, I'm going to do Nick's picks on Friday, obviously, so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say anything here. I'll right. save my fight breakdown for then. But I, I'm, I'm right. super excited. But, right, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Spence will be up. Crawford will stop him 10, 11, or 12. Oof. Wow. Big shout. Spence he, ever been on the deck? No. Uh, no. Don't you worry. He reckons it's shark season. We're all going swimming on Sunday morning, kids. <laughs> I can't wait, man. I've always said Crawford. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Spence, but I've always said Crawford. I'm not changing my mind now. Crawford to get it done 10, 11, 12 in an absolute classic. Yeah, me too. Uh, that's that's why I'm like fucking Leonard Hagler, uh, Leonard Haynes, Leonard Duran, fucking... Sugar Ray Robinson, Tommy Bell. Like, I'm fucking thinking of the old days. Can it compete with like the greatest fights in the history of this weight class? That's where mine, my mind's there now. That's the way, That's what we're going to be talking about on Monday. We're going to talk about greatness. We're going to talk about legacy-defining moments for both men. And we're going to be going, fucking hell, when's the rematch? I'm going. I am going. That's what I'm hoping this is going to be. Um little bit of something extra for you. Isaac Cruz is on this card. He's always super entertaining. I know he's had a couple of defeats, but he's always super entertaining. And Anita Donaire is attempting for further history. 
He's taking on Alex Santiago. It's for the vacant WBC belt, the one that obviously Inoue has just lashed because he's gone up in weight division and become world champion up there. Um, the four-weight world champion, as we all know, is the oldest to be the bantamweight champion at 38 years of age. He's now 40 years of age in the need to deny. So he's looking to beat his old record by becoming champion again. And he could be the first guy to become four-time bantamweight world champion. There yeah. you go. Just keeps on rolling the old Filipino flash. Couldn't happen, couldn't happen to a nicer fella. Yeah, top geezer. That's your boxing this weekend, kids. And it's fucking good. <laughs> fucking good. Oh. If you Honestly, like MMA as well, man, it's multi-screen night. Your eyes are going to be like, fucking hell, what am I watching? There's so much violence on the TV screens. You're going to be having nightmares for days because yeah. there's so much going on. It's an all-nighter. It's a Fight Disciples all-nighter, 100%. Make sure you reach out on Saturday after Telford. I want to see tweets. Oh, no, they're not called tweets at Elmar, are they? What are they called? X's. I want to see X messages, X-Men messages. I want to see TikTok videos. I want to see everyone sharing content with Fight Disciples on Saturday. How are you getting from Telford via Salt Lake City to Las Vegas? What's your tipple of choice? What's your snack of choice? What's your outfit of choice? Oh, actually, outfit might no, be a bit Don't too say powerful. outfit. I want to see don't anyone dressed up as a fucking it. bunny or anything like that. That's All it. that fairy nonsense. Yeah, man. I cannot wait. The beers are in. The whiskey is being... Well, the whiskey's not I'm being I'm doing changed. it sober. The mix is being changed. Mate, Fuck this, that, is, mate. this is... No, this party. deserves my... No. It's a party. I'm going to be boring. Full sober, taking it all in, mate. I want to dr- I want it injected into my eyeballs. You cannot watch. I can. Dustin versus Justin in Salt Lake City sober, and you certainly cannot gorge on the poetic, violent beauty that is Spence Crawford without a fucking tipple in your hand. I'm telling you that now. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. It's going to be awesome. Uh, thank you very much for listening to our little preview of that that's coming up this weekend. Make sure you're watching it. Like you're not going to watch it, but make sure you are watching it. Uh, we'll give you a review on uh, on Monday as we normally do. So subscribe to us, fightdisciples.com is the website. Everything is there for you. Go there, get your audio feeds, become a part of the family. And if you want to watch this stuff, you're more than welcome to do so via our YouTube channel. Thank you to all those people that have subscribed to us on YouTube. We're nearly at 30,000. I-, I asked for 30,000. By the time uh, this fight came around, we are nearly there. Only a couple more days to go. Push, 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 push. If you haven't subscribed to us, get on there, subscribe, and get us over that 30,000 mark. That would be a great help. Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.